Welcome to Keanu Club, like a cool breeze over the mountains. This is episode 66, Exposed, from 2016. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski with us today, very special guest. Shocking that it's taken this long to get him on the podcast. It's my Zack Attack co-host, Joe Two. Hello, Joe. Hi. I almost said your last name, and then I realized I need to keep your anonymity. Yeah, I know. Nobody knows who I am. Plus, I can't really pronounce your last name. That's even better. I probably can. Like Seal. <laughs> I like thinking your last name is actually two, so that's what I'm going with. That's fine, yeah. I like What's it. What's Seal's last name? Seal doesn't have a last name. Like Prince, I am that mm-hmm. person. Madonna. Madonna. Cher. Yeah, exactly. Beyonce. <laughs> Her name's Knowles, and you know it. Okay, go ahead. So before we talk about Exposed today, there are three things that we skipped in the effort of getting to the movies. And Mike watched all three. We skipped Deep Web, a documentary. We skipped an episode of Jay Leno's Garage. And mm. we skipped an episode of Interrogations Gone Wrong. So, Mike, why don't you give us your Mike Manzi one-minute review of all three of these? Sure. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i start off with the Interrogation one, which is a funnier die skit. And, uh, you know, it's not funny at all like it was kind of it was torturous the whole premise is Keanu's being interrogated by these cops who think he's Mark Wahlberg and they don't even get Mark Wahlberg's like work right you know they they refer to him as like being in New Kids on the Block like that was his brother and Keanu's just there the whole time going like I'm Keanu not this other guy not Mark Wahlberg Uh, and it's very bad it definitely didn't warrant its own episode, and I don't even, I wouldn't even say, like, go check it out or anything. Okay. There's much funnier stuff. Go watch In Between Two Ferns or something. Okay. Uh, the next one is Deep Web, which is a documentary directed by Alex Winters, who plays Bill from Bill and Ted. Oh, uh, who, wow. Yeah, okay. also co-directed Freaks. Keanu narrates this, so he's just narrating this documentary, and it's called Deep Web, but it's basically just about the Silk Road and about how you can, you know, go on there and, like, buy whatever you want. I know all about that. What a perfect episode for Joe to be on. I know. Trust me. I know all about that. Sorry to interrupt the review, Mike, but if you guys kept your Bitcoin back from when Bitcoin was just first starting out, how much money would you have right now? I just did the math. $260,000 as of yesterday. I literally just did the math. If I would have kept all of my Bitcoin, that's what I would have had. But I spent it all on nose drugs. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. They go into Bitcoin and everything. And and what's even funnier is after... After watching this, I think like a few days after, I watched that movie Dope because it's on Netflix. And in that movie, the kids end up trying to sell drugs on the Silk Road using Bitcoin. So I was like, oh, this <laughs> it's like the deep web doc. Uh, but it doesn't go much deeper into the deep web than that, which... I was kind of. Can like, I can I throw in an unrelated kind of... note? I don't know if you guys have seen this new commercial that's out. It's like for like LifeLock or something, and it's like we monitor you on the deep web at all times, Ooh. and we're like, you can't monitor the deep. That's why it's the deep web. That's the whole right, point of yeah. the deep web. So we're like, what the fuck are they trying to sell? LifeLock has it under control on the deep web. Apparently, <laughs> they just scan everything on the deep web and just look for your social security number. Apparently, okay. The deeper web. And now, surprising to me, the best thing that we skipped was the Keanu segment in Jay Leno's Garage. I've never seen an episode of Jay Leno's Garage before. Like, my dad is a big car culture guy, and I was going to car shows, like, my entire life as a kid and stuff. And so I was, I'm kind of like, I kind of like this show. Jay Leno's Garage. He's a sick-ass garage. Is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty cool, and... 
the Keanu segment, you could tell Jay sort of uh, was diverting a little bit from just cars and going into motorcycles. And they talked motorcycles, and they actually went to Keanu's factory. Factory? Uh, well, it's about the size of any sort of normal garage you would see that does, like, work and stuff. But it's super pristine, and they build all their own parts, custom. Sick. And it's him and his really good friend who does, like, most of the designing stuff. And Keanu says he's, like, the inspiration and the passion behind it. And they're called Arch motorcycles and they build motorcycles. They basically design them from the ground up and, and they look really awesome. I didn't know uh, they he make did this. like 150 awesome. in about three years. They cost about 80 grand a piece. That's not really insane for like custom motorcycles. Like that's not terrible. And they look amazing and basically Jay Leno just goes to the garage and Keanu and his friend show him around everywhere and they talk about motorcycles for a while and then they go for a ride and it's pretty cool. The motorcycles look like a cross between like a Harley Davidson and something you would see in the Matrix. Like it, it's sort of like a weird fusion bike it looked like where it had like all the speed of like a crotch rocket but then like all the comfort of like a, like a chopper or something like that. It was really cool. It was a really interesting segment. Keanu was really lively in it and Jay Leno's Garage yeah I mean <laughs> who would have known but turns out I, I kind of like that show too so those are my three quick reviews well I think resident Cage Club artist Melissa Linen was supposed to be on the Jay Leno's Garage until we skipped it so we'll have to let her know that it was a good episode of that show <laughs> which I didn't even know was a show until we started doing this so what really you guys what are you, where the fuck have you been living not okay. watching weird TV I do around me that show was on like a MSNBC or it was on like a news station you know it wasn't on like the, the dragster network or whatever. No. So I didn't know where to find it. I would have guessed that would have been on man. travel or something. I would have guessed Spike, but okay. So anyway, what we did all watch is Exposed, and this is a movie that we were looking to get Joe on an episode, and I know that he loves bad movies. And, and it wasn't that bad. That's it was really bad. Really? Here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's uh, the thing with this movie. I don't know movie. what movie you watched, but okay. I watched it last year, and Perfect. here's the backstory for this movie. Tell so me. the original story, it was written and directed by this one guy, G. Malik Linton, and the original story was a surreal bilingual drama like Pan's Labyrinth or Irreversible that focused on child abuse, violence toward women, mass incarceration, and police violence committed under the color of authority. Which is exactly what we got. The movie was sold to Lionsgate Premiere, which thought it had bought a Keanu Reeves cop thriller. So during <laughs> editing, they mm. changed the story to focus on Keanu's character and changed the movie into a crime thriller. And the guy who wrote and directed it hated the final cut so much that he kept his name on as writer, but took his name off as director. Oh, nice. There's apparently wow. a director's cut, which I don't know where that exists, that is pretty much his original vision, and it's 70% in Spanish. But... Ooh. This movie, if it wasn't for Keanu, it would be kind of, I mean, it might be heavy handed, but it would be kind of interesting. But the fact that there's two so, so disparate stories the entire time. They connect at the end. This is like, this is a modern day crash. Yeah, which is a garbage movie. <laughs> With less threads. There's only the two threads. I mean, I don't feel like it's successful because you could, t I mean, you could kind of tell that this movie's been butchered at times. Um, yeah, it feels it feels very disjointed for the first, like, half. Yeah. I agree. Uh, like, the first, like, 90%, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, but there's definitely potential here going on. Like, I was not looking forward to it because I just, I, it, it had been unhyped for me going in. It You're welcome. You're up. welcome. But I was like, oh, wait a second. Like, this is actually going somewhere here. I'm, I'm liking some of this. Like, it started out, it had potential. It was going to be really weird. I was, like, almost feeling close to, like, David Lynch vibes were about to happen. 
happen, yeah. but then none of it did. We got Colonel Sanders levitating. <laughs> right, right. We have like the engineers show up at one point when they look at her on the street. I guess they're supposed to be angels. But th- this, like, I have a feeling the director's original vision was probably a much better movie and that this does suffer from studio interference. Okay. Well, yeah, because that's the whole thing that she sees these things that she thinks are angels. This is Ana de Armas again, so I, I misremembered her role. I thought she was a mom. She is sort of a mom to be, but she's just a preschool teacher. But compared, and this is the girl from Knock Knock. Yeah, compared to last week, where she's like the sexed-up girl who just like is exists to only mess with Keanu and other men's lives. It's not quite a 180, but it's pretty close. But anyway, she sees what these things, what she thinks are angels, and they're like these really trippy, like David Lynch meets Lady Gaga music video. Like, yeah, just that's weird, a great description of it. Yeah, cool stuff. Nailed it. And we find out at the end that she's only seeing them to suppress memories of traumatic events, both in the moment, like when she eventually you find out that she gets knocked down and raped and then kills a guy in the subway. His partner, it yes. turns out to be. Which is, again, it's just so jammed in there. That guy was a super raper. He raped everyone. Yeah, because that's that's the whole threat. Like, oh god, we're gonna get into that. Okay. But then at the end, she we also find out that she's been abused all of her life by her father, which comes out of nowhere. And that's there too. And just and then you find out that the little girl that she's been with all movie is not real either. Yes, it was awesome. Just fucking amazing. Is that the word (laughs) you're looking for? Is amazing. There's imagery oh. here that's really cool, and then they just, like, all right, like, you see all this cool Make stuff, that, like, we could, you know, I would like to see a movie that's mostly in Spanish about this kind of stuff. And then we just cut to Keanu, who's basically like, don't investigate this thing, and we're like, all right, and then, like, yeah. he, he, he goes does. and does, like, a shitty job and sleeps with his ex-partner Yeah, what widow. the fuck was that? Okay, <laughs> that was <go> great. <laughs> and it's just like, why are we watching any of this other than the fact that Keanu can't be in 10 minutes of a movie, which, oh, by the way, like three of the next four movies we're doing, he's in the movie for less than 20 minutes. So like, he's totally okay with that. Just man up, Lionsgate. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, really. These guys, they pulled a 47 Ronin, right? Where they're like, this isn't the movie yeah. we asked for. Bulk it up with more Keanu. <laughs> just throw Keanu at it. Like, throw, throw that at the problem. I really think it needed more Keanu, honestly. Like, it needed... Even well, more it either needs more or less. The the balance yes. it strikes is bad. Yes. Yeah, I feel like that's where the movie drops the ball. Like, I would be fine watching just the Spanish-language version of the girl's story because then you could flesh out all the trauma stuff and spend more time on the father thing. And I feel like every time we cut to Keanu, there's potential for it, again, to be like Twin Peaks where it's, like, seemingly completely unrelated and an entirely different tone and, you know, like a police procedural kind of thing going on. But it's just not weird like it right. just you know what i'm saying like the contrast is too stark it's played too simple and too much like every other cop drama like it feels like i'm well, watching it's a TV like every show other like that. bad cop drama like not just cop drama yeah. but like bad cop drama this felt like yeah. a really great episode of law and order is what it felt like <laughs> but like what's the thread it's that his partner is killed in the beginning we don't see yes. how or why they basically say, don't investigate it because He's a this guy at one point took a broom handle and raped a boy with it. A boy who's in prison now. Yes. Who has been let out, right? Yeah, who's her brother-in-law. Right. Yeah. Again, like later in the movie, we get another dead dog. Like his, his, the dog dies. Like we have like another movie where Keanu's wife is dead and the dog is dead. I, and... have, I, have, I, have, I have a problem with this. 
Why did you make me watch a movie that you knew the dog would die in? I forgot the dog died. I hate dog dead movies. I hate dog dead movies. That's my biggest hatred of any movie ever. If the dog dies, I almost cry. Every time. It doesn't matter if people die. They can get whatever the fuck happened to them. But <laughs> killing the dog is like beyond my limits in movies. Well, here, like, I guess it was symbolic because the dog died when its owner was killed in like overseas in war. Why is that in the movie? Too? Like, there's so much going on here that I feel I feel yeah. like the original movie, they took nothing out. They just crammed it down from like an hour and a half to like 50 minutes, but they kept all the plot in. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, it's just way too crammed there. You, yeah. That's what I mean where I feel like you, it's missing pieces or something. Yeah. Like they fast forwarded through some shit for sure. Can I quickly get into like how this is partially one of the most ultimate Keanu Reeves movies? Yeah, I agree. Go ahead. Okay, so like I literally have a list of like, reoccurrences that that are going on here. So Dead Wife, yes, you know, and Check. Dead Dog, Check. yes, um, and not just John Wick, but like Dead Dog from Peppa Lee as well. Yep, I don't that know was what that crazy. Is. Albino. There's a there's an albino in this. There's several albinos, and that Colonel Sanders. Matrix, yeah, Matrix Two. Also, uh, uh, Matrix Revolutions people. is he's in a subway. There's a subway scene. Oh. There's a subway. Oh. Uh, the movie starts in a like a nightclub that's all green. Yes, yeah, very, mm-hmm. Matrix. very Matrixy. I agree. I thought so. <laughs> he refers to the devil, right? At one yep. point, like he starts going off about the devil, and probably like ultimately <laughs> is that he eats a fucking cupcake. I couldn't believe he this and Generation <laughs> Um. Yep. Because in Generation Um, exactly, like, it is, there's, like, Joe, in that movie, it's literally, like, a three-minute shot of him eating a cup. For no reason. I mean, it's, that's the worst <laughs> Keanu movie that we've seen. Can you, this can is... you remind me and share that YouTube clip of him eating the cupcake? If it's on Oh, and it's his birthday. And it's his birthday. So, like... Oh, yeah, I wrote that down. I'm like, why? <laughs> why? Why is it people's birthdays in movies? Also, like that. for the second movie in a row, there's a lot of people speaking Spanish. But there's more of a reason here. But just, you know, we're, we're now in the Spanish era of his career, I guess. By the way, I want to cut all that Spanish out. We could just dubbed over them. Oh, did you guys catch this weird dubbing at the one part with the dog when the raped brother-in-law is outside on the stoop? And there's, like, just some weird audio. I don't know if it was my copy or if there was some weird audio shit going on. But it looked like he was speaking Spanish and they dubbed over him in English. Because you know how they were kind of going back and forth? I was too busy in that scene watching them like, they're they're corner kids, like from The Wire, but they're just, there's no energy there. They're just like standing there, like checking their phones. Like this is lame and boring. Like I was too busy watching their like depressed looks on their face as opposed to trying to listen to what's going on. Fair. Okay. I actually kind of appreciated that most of this movie isn't in English. I think Keanu's got like a pretty, you know, decent track record of that lately, right? With his own movie, yep. Man of Tai Chi. Yep. Uh, it's like this, except in Chinese. Like, there's very little English spoken in that film. So I kind of like that aspect. And I've always felt that foreign language horror or sort of like trippy type of movies always worked better for me than American language Why? ones just because more it's, more far, just it's got, more foreign. Like, not like, yeah, like, not literally, I think, but like, it's it's taking you even further out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I always just feel like they seem more authentic. Plus, but, they're uh, generally better. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of movies are you watching? So, there were 32 people credited as producers on this movie. Whoa. How is that possible? That's like everybody at Lionsgate. That's way too many. Keanu was credited as a producer in this movie. I did, once again, in all these like bad movies that we're doing lately, I googled for interviews. Why do you keep saying to... bad movie? Just, just say Keanu movie. This is a very good movie. Oh, boy. I could see liking this movie, but I don't think like it's ultimately a good movie. I could watch this movie again. 
this was a fun movie to, for me to watch. Well, that's what's weird because, like, compared to Knock Knock, this I don't know which one's better because this one, right. this one, this is this feels better. This is better, but me. like only because Knock Knock is the movie that Eli Roth wanted to make. Like, that's that's hundred <laughs> percent his vision. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this okay. is a good call. This could have been. I don't think this would have. I mean, it could have been a great movie. I think it would have been a good movie. I do wish that we could have seen that original version, though. I do. Yeah, it's I like, want to compare yeah. them. I really do. I yeah. want to see the original versus. But like, I looked on the on the Blu-ray. Like, there's no director's cut. Whatever they cut, it must be like that Josh Trank Fantastic Four. Just like it exists somewhere. Like maybe the director has it, but it just can't get out. Which I don't know. Like, I don't know why not. When you put out a movie, like if it exists somewhere, put it on the Blu-ray. Yes. Like you're not gonna sell less. You might sell more. Yeah. It's yeah. stupid. It's funny because with Knock Knock, it's like, yeah, you almost wanted the studio to intervene with that project, and it might have been a little better. And then in this case, you're like, you don't want the studio to intervene in this project. It is also just kind of strange. I mean, we've had a couple alternate versions of other Keanu movies out there, like Johnny Mnemonic yeah. and stuff like that, too. So we haven't really had the luxury of being able to like watch multiple versions of them, and I don't think we're... Oh, and there's also two versions of Babes in Toyland. That, right, yeah, that's the other one I was trying to think of, which is like an extra hour of yeah. that nightmare. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I Googled for the, the quote about like what he thought about the movie. Who? What who thought about the movie? Keanu, what Keanu thought about the movie. And there's one word in here he uses that I'm like, oh, okay. So the director ended up taking his name off the picture, which is really tough, and a tragedy. And so the cut that's showing of the movie is orientated much more towards not really the suspense elements of it, but the studio's kind of releasing it as this sort of cop thriller, and it's definitely not that. Number one, I like that he calls it a tragedy because this is not a tragedy. And number two, I like that he's so open. Like, I genuinely like that he's so open about, like, they fucked this movie up. Like, they, they, the script that he read that he liked, this is not this movie. Like, this tone, this everything. Like, this is not what it was meant to be. And I can see because this is the only thing this guy's ever directed. Like, this is the guy's first movie. And so I guess that's also part of the reason why he has no say in Lionsgate. It's like, well, all right we're going to make the movie we want to make. So like, you can do what you want. Like we'll let you take the name off the picture, but like, we're going to release the movie we want to release, which sucks. It's not a tragedy, but it sucks. Yeah. He like tried to pull his dick out and everybody was like, put it back. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't the time. That's got to be frustrating as an actor. Like, you're just, you know, it's just a job. Ultimately, he's just getting there to do his job and get paid. And when you can't sort of sway artistically the direction you really feel it should be going and the studio is just like, nope, our foot is down. Yeah, he's, he's like in between divorced parents right here. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, I like what they're doing, but these guys are paying me, so. And it is crazy because, like, you could have crossed this over a little more subtly. Like, I was also going, like, what is the connection? What is going on? I really feel like there could have been more of an allusion to that earlier and flesh out the Keanu stuff even more because I like the kind of stuff where he's, like, on the trail. Like, I always just like Keanu detective, you know, Constantine yeah. and yeah. things like that. Just, like, him hitting the streets and being... Being that kind of cop, even in Street Kings, like I, I like I like that kind of Keanu. So it was just really tough to be like, oh, he's hitting the streets, but like to me, there just was no like juice behind it. There's just no life on the street tonight. So now a weird twist to the story of this movie, and I'm not sure how this would have worked, but this movie was apparently originally almost made in 2009. Mm. Do either of you want to guess who would have been in the Keanu role? Oh, let me think. I'm guessing it would have been the smaller part. It's still a big actor. And it's still someone with special significance. Oh, so that was a little hint. Cage? Not Cage, no. Hmm. 2009. Alec Baldwin. No. I don't think Keanu's bad in this, it's just there's too much of him. 
There's too much or too little. Right. Because we don't know who he is, but all we know is that he, like... Likes cupcakes. He kind of beats up on street thugs and sleeps with a widow and likes cupcakes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's weird, too, is there's just not... There's too much to find out about the girl and not enough to find out about Keanu. Like, how didn't he know his partner was so corrupt? Like, you don't need to know about the cop, but just don't show him for 40 minutes. Yeah. What was kind of jarring about his character... You could tell us who was considered for the role in a second. Sorry to stray from that. No, it's okay. uh, What's frustrating about his character is the way things are revealed. Like, I was getting a Street King moment about, like, you know, in the the morgue in Street King when the mortician was like, oh, I was the guy who uh, worked on your dead wife. And that's how we find out he had a dead yep. wife. Like, yeah. Moments like that in here when suddenly the girl's like, your wife's been dead for you. I'm like, what? Where did <laughs> yeah. that come it came Because he's still wearing the wedding ring. So it was really weird. This was like a really weird adulterous relationship for a minute. And then she's like, your wife's dead. And we're like, what the fuck? Ha- when did that happen? Yeah. Like the wedding ring is also like maybe of significance because when Ana de Armas gets raped, like the wedding or the, the engagement ring falls off her finger. And so maybe it's like. It was wedding ring. But yeah. But yeah. But I mean, still, like it's like there's this like significance to rings and past tragedy or something. I don't know. Horses. Little girl horses. <laughs> I have a really good horse girl story. If you guys yeah, want maybe to not right now. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Go ahead. So no more guesses. Special significance to our Cage Club podcast network. I literally have no guesses. I'm having a hard time tonight, guys. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, oh, really? That would have been terrible. Oh, I could have seen that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that would have worked at all. But okay, no, no. I don't think <laughs> it would have worked at all. Why not? I don't know. He's kind of old. This seemed like a young guy kind of role, honestly. Well, Keanu's like 48. He's, he's younger than Keanu. Yeah. I know he looks way old in this, but Keanu's kind of young, man. Like, he just has, he has a young spirit. Well, he does, he does have, have a, a young younger spirit. look. There's a couple of shots early in the movie that like, we're seeing, like, from sort of three-quarter profile from behind him. And, like, you see, like, his face is kind of pockmarked. Yeah, he's old. I was like, he's oh, is he, like, a grizzled old Keanu? And then we see him, like, straight on later, and, like, he just looks normal. I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess not. Like, that's just, like, a weird shot to include in the movie. There was a moment or two up front where I had my fingers crossed for you, but I mean, you had seen this. Oh, movie, fact, you don't know, yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> exactly, because he's in like this trench coat and it's just like his big head is poking out of it, and I was like, man, is he fat? Why do you like Fat Keanu? F- What's up with Fat Keanu? Well, it's sort of like a myth. Yeah, I was promised for two movies, Fat Keanu, right after the Matrix. It was right okay. after the Matrix, so like early two thousands. That there's the Gift and the Watcher, and multiple people told me. <laughs> Fat Keanu. And then we get to them, and he's just wearing a big coat in one movie, and then, like, he's not fat at all in the other one. Oh, like, lame. the biggest he's ever been is in Chain Reaction in 96, because he hurt his back playing hockey and, like, just couldn't work out or whatever. And, like, he's still not fat there. He's just, like, sort of heavier. I don't really want Fat Keanu, but, like, I was promised Fat Keanu, so now I really want Fat Keanu. Shirtless Zeph, Fat Keanu, it's all the same thing, man. Yeah. I understand. Just weird bodies. Or sexy bodies. <laughs> So this movie makes an Isabella Rossellini reference. Who's that? Okay. She is from Blue Velvet. Okay. Married to Gary Oldman, right? Yeah, I think so. Used to be romantically involved with, like, Scorsese and David Lynch. So Ana de Armas' name in this is Isabel, and she's walking down the street, and the corner kids are like, yo, Isabella Rossellini. I'm like, these kids would not know Uh. who that is. And also, who watching this movie is going to know who Isabella Rossellini is? Like, that doesn't count. (laughs) Like, it's got to be, like, an Easter egg or more subtle, I think. Like, you can't just say, like, someone yells at you, hey, Tony Soprano, and then it's like, oh, there's a Soprano reference in this movie. Yeah, this is just someone literally calling her Isabella Rossellini. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay, that's the thing that happened, I guess. 
I didn't pick up that Big Daddy Kane is in this I movie. Do you, are you guys familiar yes. with him at all? But like, he's like one of my favorite rappers from like the 80s and 90s. So I had no idea he was an actor. I actually felt like we've seen doing Cage Club now, like a lot of rappers turned actors. Oh, really? Yep. And I feel like he's, yeah, oh yeah. We like, saw 50 Cent and Queen Latifah. She was also just in Hairspray. Yes, she was. She was. Yeah, she's pretty good, but I feel like Big Daddy is good. Like, I could yeah. have seen him on, like, a TV show or, you know, like, being the Ice T role in NYPD or whatever show like that, you know? Yeah, like, he, had, he had some skills. I'm disappointed that we didn't get, like, a Big Daddy King Keanu showdown. Same. They never meet up, right? They never, ever, like, connect. Oh, they didn't? I thought they had one interrogation scene, but it, it was didn't, re- there way was no the beginning. Way at the beginning when it. he says nothing. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But like, yeah, but that's like as lame as like the end of the frozen ground where like Cusack's in the room and like, well, that, no, because that's, that's not lame. That's just weird. It's different. No, that is weird because Cage barely speaks in that's that true. scene too. And it's just like Cusack revealing his whole plan. But Big Daddy King's the guy who gets knifed at the end, right? Yeah. Which is actually kind of cool. He plays black, like the main guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he shoots the kid. Yes. Who was let out of prison. It seems like he's solving the case before Keanu. Yeah, I don't just know. He's killing off the case right? as he goes through. Well, yeah, he's, I mean, he's like the bubbles of that world. Like, he needs a CI. Yeah, yeah, apparently. <laughs> I wish he had one scene maybe with the girl, too, you know, just so that he could have been the connective tissue between everything, because that would have made sense to make him. Or just like if there was character. a connective tissue between everything. There you go. Right. Except till the very, very end. The Like, the last possible scene, yeah. I do feel like that reveal was like, oh, okay, like that's that's a strong reveal. Um, I just wish there were a few more clues along the way. Like I never once suspected that she got raped. No, because it comes out of nowhere. Because the way that they shoot it in the beginning, she breaks her heel and then the ring falls off. And then she sees like a guy floating. You're like, oh, that's weird. And then that's like, oh, that's the entire scene. Yeah, that's why when she's like, oh, I'm pregnant. And uh, my husband's in Iraq. I was like, oh, well, okay, that makes sense to me because the movie, and she's the weirdo in the movie, like, she's supernatural. Something's going on with her. Rachel caught a hint at this. Rachel caught a hint at this because when she meets the little girl, she says, like, oh, I wish my name was um, Eliza. Like, she's like, oh, your name is Eliza. I wish people would have called me Eliza when I was a little girl. And that was, like, the hint to, like, not the rape, but the girl isn't real type situation. Yeah, I felt like the little girl not being her, I feel like you were supposed to pick up on that, and, and I did, and I felt like that was handled the best out of yeah. all of her stuff. I was like, okay, I was like, they're going to keep going with the little girl is sort of like in her imagination, and they're pulling it off pretty well. Usually that kind of stuff is you tacky, know, tricky yeah. to do. And tacky, yeah, and with everything else going on in the movie, I was really surprised like how well he was doing that. That's why, again, it was like there's hints that the corners of this movie have sort of been clipped and that there's probably a lot more stuff that explained all of the randomness and made it feel a little more necessary. Okay. What's weird is that when Ana de Armas Isabel announces to her family that she's pregnant, they're all just like, uh, what? They think that she was sleeping around. That was the best Spanish response you could have ever had. <laughs> they believe in they believe in angels and Jesus and ghosts and shit. But as soon as she mentions that she's pregnant and didn't have sex with anyone, they were like, eh, I don't, I'm not going that far. Exactly. But what I really liked, what I found on Wikipedia, because I read the plot synopsis of this because I was just like, let me just make sure that I follow what's going okay. on. So meanwhile, in Isabel's private world, she believes that the strange beings she has begun seeing on the street are angels. Yes. Accordingly, she thinks that her mysterious, quote, impossible pregnancy is a gift from God. Then these, these are the next two sentences that I like, the, the reason I copied it. Strangely, 
However, nobody in her family believes her. Surprisingly, they are eventually proven to be correct. Like, I like that this, this is like the official, like, you know, neutral recounting of what happened. And they're like, it's so weird that no one thinks she just became pregnant. And then can you guys believe that they're right that she didn't just become pregnant? Yeah. I read that. I was just like, why is this like written this way? It's just, it's super, super weird. I don't believe it either. (laughs) I thought that they would have known like when it was okay so when it was revealed that she was raped and that she's just suppressing all this i thought it would also have been revealed that everyone knew that she was raped and that's why they're being so delicate with her that would have been better better, yeah yeah and then that way when they're like oh she's pregnant it's like shit like she got raped pregnant like that's Damn it. Yeah, like, so, like, in the subway, show the cop, like, in the background. Like, he doesn't have to be doing anything. He can just be, like, sort of, like, on duty. And, like, he can just be there. So that's, like, a hint. And then, like, show her coming home sort of, like, disheveled or something. You know what I mean? Like, like, they don't have to be glaringly obvious about it, but do something to, like, He wasn't even there. You're right. This is the story you're telling. Which was the most frustrating part. Like, he's not, he's not in the scene at all. Yeah, yeah. He's not even there. There's that bum is there. Yeah, I mean, like, even if you had the um, Colonel Sanders, right? Like, even if it was just that actor was the same actor who rapes her and plays the cop, right? Like, you could do something like that because then it would have made a little more sense. It would have been linked visually somehow. Yep. But nope. Nope. We just fucking have Colonel Sanders floating for no reason. There's that one weird moment where only half of his face came out of like, her. Appears. Yeah, it, it comes out yeah, of the back of her head that? or something when she's like looking at the. Was she looking at the horse? I don't remember what it was. She was doing something. Oh, there's that like stuffed unicorn that just keeps coming up over and over again. That's yeah, it. the yeah. horse, man. Why? I like. I guess it's like the robbed childhood. Yeah, like maybe. I, I don't want to. I don't want to criticize like the like the metaphors this movie's trying to pull off. Like that's what's frustrating. Like there is consideration paid here. Like, there's stuff that's, like, written in to be set up later, and it just rushed through so we can see Keanu sitting at a desk across from a generic police captain. Shooter McGavern, by the way. That was Shooter McGavern. Yes. Is it really? Yes, it is. It's Shooter McGavern. Yeah, Christopher McDonald. Shooter. Right. (laughs) Wow, okay. Yeah, you're you're right, man. Like, that Keanu stuff really, to me, just kind of tanks the movie. Like, I almost wish at least he had, like, a mustache or something. (laughs) Like, just (laughs) I don't know, just something, because, like, even visually, I feel like he's kind of bland. You know, maybe if he had kind of, like, a sad arm arm or something like that, you know, and then it alluded to a previous injury, but there's really nothing to define him, and that is tough when we're dealing with possible supernatural stuff, but, like, no, at the end, you turn out that it's all just repression, repressing, like, a horrible incident thing. Like, how cool would it have been if we were watching this movie, and then, like, it's just a straight-up Spanish story, and then at the end, the cop comes in to, like, handle the case, and the cop is Keanu. You'd be like, whoa, look at that! (laughs) It'd have been dope. I agree. (laughs) That would have been great, but he we don't need to see building up to, I don't know, almost nothing. So at the end, we as the audience find out that Keanu's partner raped and was murdered by this girl. But right. does Keanu ever find out that the girl killed his partner? I don't think so. I think he does. He's connecting. He's a fucking detective. Like, he's figuring it out. But he just kind of gets, like, a look, right? Like, he yeah. kind of looks over and has, like, a feeling, and then it all kind of clicks to him. We don't get a definitive yes that he found out, but I feel like it implies that he found out. Damn. See, I wish, like, the movie ending came, like, a half hour earlier, and then Keanu and the girl had, like, a third act trying to figure out... Yeah, like, sex in the, the bathroom. All the craziness. Sex in the... <laughs> yeah, if he just had sex with everybody in the 
movie. Just like from Knock Knock. No, but yeah, no, I agree. Like if they had to, like piece the things together, like try to figure out. Yeah, like sit down and he had to explain like, you know, it's not an immaculate conception. It's my scumbag partner. And they come to this truth together. And who knows, you maybe show him a year later and he's raising the kid with her. I don't know. But like something a little more to just give it an extra turn there at the end. Oh, I guess we did get a hint that he banged her when like Keanu pulls out the picture to his wife and he's like, did he fuck her? And he's like, no, it's just some girl I'm investigating. So I guess that was maybe a hint. I just thought about that one. Well, I think that's like, I think that just means that like the wife like knew that the detective was like sort of sleeping around. I yeah, think. but that's like a more direct nod to like, yeah, this happened that I just didn't pick up I on. I guess, yeah. Yeah, that was all very cloudy to me, too. I thought it was interesting that the guy was like, you know, if you prove that your partner was a scumbag, his wife won't get the pension. But the wife was kind of like, go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah. No, she, at first, though, she was like, no. And then she was like, okay, fine. At first, she was like really pissed off about that. She was like, why would you do this? Like, this was your partner. And then she was like, okay, yeah, sure. Maybe check it out. I almost feel like Keanu should have lost his badge by the end of the movie because he was going against the authority as the authority he was going against his orders like the guy was like don't investigate this you know shoot him McGavin's like stay away from this don't do it but he keeps persisting and he keeps persisting in the movie but he never reprimanded gets reprimanded or anything demoted or yeah there's nothing ever comes of it yeah which would have been cool at the end if he had lost everything trying to find the truth and then the truth is just like this this terrible coincidence that just wrecks him. That would have been the, yeah, the, you're right. That would have been the most badass ending. It would have been like the police is like, look, we're sick of your shit. You're done. And then he like walks out and like sees that like he like goes to meet the girl to like say I'm done. And then like he finds out that she killed her dad and stuff. So yeah, I like that ending too. I like that. But instead we get like a three minute scene of Big Daddy Kane buying pork butt after he calls it pig butt. Like there's just weird little detail scenes that they put in here for like, like they spend too much time on that storyline too. Like the Big Daddy Kane guy who ends up killing him. That was the most expensive pork butt I've ever seen in my life. He he gave him $200 for like six pounds of pork butt. Terrible. (laughs) I feel like you're right. Like we need to stick to the main characters a little more, but I do like these diversion these sort of tangents that the movie goes on a little bit because that's where I'm starting to feel like it could have been sort of more Lynchian in its original conception. Like you just get these two gangsters, you know, at the pork store for a three minute scene that just doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of the movie. Uh, And, you know, if maybe Big Daddy Kane was in it less and that was a bit more random and we had a few more of those random scenes of just like the strange life around this version of New York City or this this part of the city, um, you just get a bit more of like a weird, eerie sense that something's wrong, like right beneath the surface of it all. This movie is over diversified. I think that's what we can all agree on. It was like too well split. No, not like diverse in the diversity sense, but like in like they just gave everyone too much camera time. Like we needed less of some people, more of other people, and we had to fix this shit up. Because like that's that's the thing that's like frustrating is that like not only is the Keanu stuff potentially interesting and the Ana de Arma stuff legitimately pretty interesting, but I feel like there also could have maybe been a movie with the Big Daddy King character. But there's like there's n- like no thought put there at all, even though they have them on screen for like ten minutes. 
We need to see the director's cut. We definitely need to see the director's cut of this. And do and do a follow-up episode. If, <laughs> if you're listening to us, G Malik, let us know. Give us the uh, director's cut. Oh, man. If he's like, holy shit, someone watched this and did a <laughs> podcast, I'm. <laughs> you never know. Because like, what's also annoying is that this movie, like, there's no information on Box Office Mojo. From what I gather, it maybe made $200,000 in theaters. Like, why is Lionsgate, why is Lionsgate recutting this? They could still sell it as a Keanu movie. Like, it's not like they're making movies like ticket ticket money put it out and then maybe you won't have a five percent on rotten tomatoes and maybe people will actually rent your movie oh really that's what this movie got five percent nice i have a big question was this vod so it made two hundred thousand dollars in theaters i think it was pretty much straight to blu-ray okay okay because i was thinking this feels and plays kind of like something that just got dumped you know, on demand or something like that. And then it would have been, I think, his first official VOD film, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But I feel like it's, you know, it's on par with some of that Cage stuff that we've had to sit through. Yeah, but, like, this one hurts more almost because, like, those other, those Cage movies, there was nothing redeeming about them. Like, this... Has potential. Could have been good. Like, like your Letterboxd review, Mike, if I may plug you on that service. Sure. Because we have a new Letterboxd game on Zack Attack. We do. It's perfect, because it's just, like, it starts out interesting and mysterious, and then just becomes frustrating. Like, that's exactly it. Like, there's, like, the first, I don't know, the first, I guess you could say first, like, hour 20 could be really good. You could consider being really good. And then when you finally find out, you're like, oh, like, what the hell? Like, why can't we, like, go back and, like, undo a lot of it and, like, see other stuff? I like it. And I think, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, there's good stuff in it, and that's always the most frustrating is when when you see, like, the potential that could have been. And when you're able to be, like, like to fill in the movie with the movie that you'd rather be watching, and it, you know, kind of makes more sense to you and just kind of flows a little better or, like, you have a better idea, it's it's frustrating. Stop throwing Keanu at the problem, you know? <laughs> like, I think that's what Nicholas Winding Refn is going to realize is like, no, like, you just use a dash of Keanu here and a pinch of Keanu there, and it turns, you know, your cake. Cupcake from a normal cupcake into a great cupcake. <laughs> yes, from a normal <laughs> cupcake into a great cupcake. Exactly. I like watching, I do like, but on that note, I like watching shitty movies where, like, my brain can fill in the gaps with everything that I want it to be. Like, that's my love of shit movies like this. Is it like, I can just imagine whatever happened in between that I want to happen. Yeah, but, like, you shouldn't have to imagine a good movie when you're watching a movie. But I like Like, it. you should be able to just watch a good movie. I, I know. But that's because you're a creative person. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think officially the one thing that really caught me off guard the most in this entire movie was her dad having abused her. Yep. Yes. That, from a mile away, I did not see that coming. I mean, they doubled down, which was the issue. I feel that's the problem. Like, if they were really, if this was on the chopping block, they should have somehow excised all that daddy stuff and had her stab him by accident or think that it was the cop. I really thought that she thought it was the cop at the beginning. And then like, but the whole, I would never hurt you again scene right before he leaves was like what gave it away. So she does stab two guys in like 30 seconds in a row in this movie, which is like, you know, the never hurt you again. Like just like that same thing where she like on screen. Yeah. Yeah. She's a big stabber. Yeah. That was a little racist, by the way. All, not all Latino girls like stabbing people. I also think it's weird, and that maybe this is just me being a guy, but we saw her so naked last week, and then here, like, she, like, pulls down her shirt to show her boyfriend overseas. Like, we don't see that. Wait, like, we see her naked somewhere? <laughs> last week, <laughs> oh, in, in knock, knock Knock, she's naked. Well, I'm going to Google that real quick. Yeah, like, in the shower naked with another girl. Damn! Yeah. Okay, I need to watch that movie. 
It's a, it's an Eli Roth movie uh, where Keanu gets is at home alone when his family is away for the weekend, and two beautiful young girls show up and they sort of trick him and seduce him, and then they turn his life. Oh, into it's hell. the blonde chick in this. Damn. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I know, man. And I'm watching this going, I kind of can't believe this is the same actress. I mean, it goes to show, like, she's pretty the strength good of a director. She is. She's got skills. Like, she was, like, just, you know, she would walk on screen and just start crying. It's like, that can't be easy to be in that yeah. moment on this set, you know? And, like, she's showing so much more here than anything in, well, I mean, she's showing her tits in Knock Knock, but I mean, like, other than that, like, I really feel like there's nothing there to be like she's going places but in this I see this movie and I'm like wow what it's I can't believe like it's the same actress like she really is impressive in this yeah I want to see her in a movie like I think that he's too big now to make like a Spanish movie but like I want to see her in a movie like by like either like Alfonso Cuaron or like Denis Villeneuve like these guys who have like this track record of making great Spanish language movies early in their career like put her in her element fully you know what I mean and like have a director who knows how to get get a lot out of actors and actresses and like let her do her thing because it's it is stunning how bad she is in Knock Knock and how pretty good like she's I think I mean out of everybody she's probably doing the best job here like Keanu's fine like this is one of his three or four things that we've talked about a few times like he can do really well but I think she's like the best actor in the movie yeah she's great I like it yeah Absolutely. And and considering, like, the genre that she's in, you know, um, Knock Knock is sort of like this twisted horror movie. Uh, this is like a supernatural thriller horror kind of thing. Like, I would love to see her be, like, uh, in, like, a Guillermo del Toro movie or something yeah. like that. that I think those guys, yeah. Cool. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, she has, she's got a lot of potential. She has a lot of potential. I'm still knees deep in this fucking Google. <laughs> Sorry. Joe, do you have any other thoughts about either Exposed or Keanu? You might be on one more episode if we don't skip it. We're deciding we still have to watch it, so we might skip it. But this might be your swan song for Keanu. Um, Do you have anything else you want to say either about him or about this movie? He's never not Ted to me. He's just always Ted. Um, even in this movie, I saw lots of, like, you know, glimpses of Ted and him. And he was just like, I forget what it was. He was like, once he was just like... Like, wow. Or, like, he just said something, like, so Keanu <laughs> that I was just like, oh, fuck, Ted's back. And this movie this movie is good. It's underrated. You guys point out some things. Like, maybe I would like to see the director's cut a little bit more. There's definitely some problems with it, but I really enjoyed this one. I, I thought it was good. I would watch it again. I would recommend it. I don't think it deserves a 5% on fucking Rotten Tomatoes. We've watched a lot more shit movies. I've watched a lot worse movies in my life. Like, there was a cool reveal. Like, there was some good acting. There was a lot of, like, you know, foreign language shit. People love that. this reveal, actually, you just, the, the way you describe it reminds me now of Man Down. Where you're like, there's a lot of cool yes. stuff there too, oh, and then like yeah. the reveal comes, <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, damn it! Like you were, like you had it, you had it in your sights, and then like you just like dropped the ball. And like whether it's because you're trying to like tell like a ham-fisted story about like PTSD, or if you're just you know undercut by your studio, but like there's just there's movies that there's all the pieces there, and then you get to the end, you're like, damn it! Like you're close. Like they were close. They were close on Turn this Turn this movie off with 20 minutes left and just make up your own ending. Like, pull the Joe 2 style of thinking. Yep. Like, <laughs> you know, quadruple space it. Yep. Fill in, fill in the gap yourself. Yep. That's what I'm feeling, man. We could have made this... We obviously had a lot better ideas than what they did. So I think I'm just going to blame Lionsgate for them, like, fucking it up in yep. your eyes. And I'm just going to still can be convinced that this was a good movie. Enjoyable. Enjoyable. Not, like, definitively good. It was enjoyable to me. That's what it was. Sure. That's all that matters. Yeah. Mike, any last thoughts about Exposed? 
Yes, hold on. <laughs> Let me just gather them real quick for a second. Yeah, you know, I, I do enjoy things about this movie. I feel like there's a good one here. There's a movie here better than the one they released, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I would also like to see the director's cut. The studio needs to have more faith. I mean, this could have been like a cool, weird, Lynchian New York cop thing, you know, with like ghosts or not or whatever. It's all supernatural. I really liked the vibe it was going for. I, I think I truly truly enjoyed, you know, about the first half of this movie legitimately, and then it just starts sort of petering off. I I thought I could see where most of it was going, and then I get blindsided by, like, these revelations through the storytelling and things, and it just feels disjointed and and a little too jarring at times, but I I could definitely understand, like, its watchability and people would enjoy it. You know, I don't know, I might have been a little harsh at times on it, but, like, I just wouldn't watch it again because I would see the movie that has sort of been edited out of here, you know? I feel like there's just a better movie on the cutting room floor. So, unfortunately, uh, I might just have to pass on this one, but I appreciate you watching it for us, Joe, and coming on here and sharing your thoughts, and I'm, and I'm glad you yeah, liked it. Yeah, thanks. You know, I, I'm glad that it was entertaining. It was, dude. It was a lot of fun. And if you're listening to this podcast as it is released on Friday, June 30th, tomorrow, a new Zack Attack drops. You can hear me and Joe talk about the Derby Stallion. What is that? Which I know nothing about, but it's... Yeah, it's we don't know what that is Horses. <laughs> horses, probably. <laughs> oh, your horse girl story. So we'll, we'll hear about that after this. Maybe you'll tell it on that episode. I'll, I'll save my horse girl story for the next... <laughs> if you're listening, listen to my horse girl story. Yeah, that's nice because it's like a crossover. It's like tune into Zack Attack to Ooh, find out yeah. the answer. Yeah, you only have to wait a day, but Mike has to wait a month. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. That's okay. So for all things Keanu Club and Zack Attack and everything else, you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub or at cageclubpod on Twitter. You can see all the Keanu episodes we've done, all the Zack Attack episodes we've done. Mike was on three of those. If it's set in history... Mike's on the episode. He was on Leon Orson Welles. He was on The Paperboy, and he was on Parkland. Lots of fun, free things for you to listen to at cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, and at cageclubpod on Twitter. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joe, too. And we'll see you next time on Keanu Club. She knows what happened.